Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. What's our key message that month? That's how I tend to think about it. Like if someone only gets one thing from our social media that whole month, what is our focus? And if we're trying to get them to have two or three things, it's just not going to work. You can mention two or three things, but being very clear as a team, like what is the number one priority that month for people to, to understand? Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Within just one year, Ally Global Foundation raised $1.8 million to prevent human trafficking and help survivors find healing through safe housing, education, and aftercare. How? By investing in telling their story and building community. With a small yet mighty social media team, Jamie Watson leads the marketing department working part-time. Yep, part-time. Jamie truly shines when she's auditing systems across the organization and implementing clear processes to increase efficiency. During our conversation today, we discussed how Jamie took a grassroots approach to building The Refuge, which is Ally's monthly giving community with 500 members, the creative sign-up strategy behind their annual peer-to-peer campaign, Move for Freedom, plus her approach to building a strategic annual social media content strategy. Y'all, I am so inspired by Ally Global Foundation. Let's dive in and meet Jamie. Jamie, I am so excited to be talking with you. I have been a fan of Ally Global for a while. Vic Harrison actually sent me information about the charity, and she's like, you have to look at them for their marketing. And so immediately that intros you. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. 
So I would love to know, really, just for everyone else that's listening and watching, what's the mission of the Ally Global Foundation? And really, what brought you personally to this moment now in your career as their marketing manager? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Dana. At Ally, we work to prevent human trafficking and to help survivors find healing through safe housing, education, and aftercare. So that's our mission as an organization. And for the second part of your question, what brought me to this moment as marketing manager of Ally? I'm not sure how far back we want to go, but (laughs) I would say my professional career started at 16 years old. I became a wedding and portrait photographer. I've always been like a self-starter, a self-learner, and I love the challenge that running my own business brought. I loved that if I needed to know a certain marketing skill and I didn't know it, I would just have to learn it because it's just me in the business. And if I wanted to make money, that's what I needed to do. So throughout my photography business, I always had various side hustles, online course creating, freelance copywriting. So all that being said, I feel like I've had some well-rounded like interests and skill sets and things I've just picked up over the last 15 years of my career. And so what brought me to this moment here is my husband, Randy Watson, is actually the founder and executive director of Ally. So he started Ally two and a half years ago. And okay, cool. Yeah, needed a copywriter, needed some. I did not even put together oh, that connection. <laughs> yeah, our last name's the same. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So for the first year of Ally, I was, of course, in a volunteer capacity. Everything was very new. We were founded in September 2019. So I volunteered for the first year, really taking charge of social media, email marketing, any messaging we needed. There's so much you need at the beginning. There's so much you need all the time. But the beginning is just you're figuring it out as you go. And then since September 2020, I officially work part time as the marketing manager at Ally. Amazing. I love that. Okay, so now this brings up a whole separate topic. (laughs) (laughs) So human trafficking, I talk about this a lot, is one of the causes near and dear to my heart. I graduated college in December of 2010. Okay. And I watched the whistleblower movie. I forget the actress that's in it, but it was the story of the UN worker. Okay. That was in Bosnia, I want to believe. And it's a true story. And she uncovered a bunch of UN workers were integrated into the sex trafficking, human trafficking space. And she became a whistleblower and it became this huge thing that she now goes out and speaks on with problems with UN workers, sadly. How did your husband get like this passion for this cause? Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't love to speak, you know, his story, but I'll try my best to sum it up. He has always been interested in social justice and different causes, always been a passionate volunteer and financial supporter. He also comes from a business background. And so I believe human trafficking was something he first heard about when he was about 16 and just, you know, have a reaction that I think a lot of us do that work in the human trafficking space of like, this happens, like this is a thing and it's happening in every country, not just around the world. It's also happening in every Western first world country, every context. And so, yeah, that ignited a passion for him. And so he was involved in various organizations throughout his 20s and as he was working and running his business. And then about five years ago, he felt this shift to pursue the nonprofit space. And so he had a role for three or four years, another nonprofit, and then started Ally to partner with organizations overseas that were 
our local partners, they're doing the work. They're the experts. They're the ones who, who understand the culture and the language and have this gift of these beautiful prevention programs and these restorative safe homes. And so we came alongside them. That's where our name comes from, Ally, the heart of coming alongside someone and being a friend and a supporter. So we're a friend and a supporter to our local partners who are doing this incredible work. I love that. And you're still a very new organization. You said founded in 2019. Yes. I always love kind of dissecting. I always believe digital and social should be at the forefront of one of the first people that are part of an organization, especially with the world that we're living in today. For sure. How has social media really played a part with Ally Global? I mean, social media has been a priority from the very beginning. I think we're lucky to have a leader in Randy at the organization that he's valued marketing and social from the get-go. Like you said, he would agree with what you said about that needing to be one of the first hires, you know, in an organization because it's so important in today's landscape and in order to really stand out, whether that's as a charity or a business. So I would say social media is how we build a sense of community amongst our supporters. We build momentum and excitement for the the healing and the restoration and the prevention that's actually taking place overseas and, and here in Canada. So social media is how we keep people connected and feeling like they're a part of something, which they are. <laughs> I love that. And I think so many times people forget that they're meant to be platforms of a two-way conversation. And I love that you yes. said community. Yes. Where it's not just, what can we throw out <laughs> yeah. into the world? Yeah. And then listen to us, listen to us. And then we never respond. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So really building that sense of truly community. And I've realized this year, especially during the pandemic, I've built so many beautiful virtual relationships. Right. With people, some of them that I've never met. And then now I've luckily had the opportunity to meet a couple of them in person. And you feel like you've known them forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) through just talking through Instagram DMs. Can you talk us through to manage your social presence? Like, what does that look like? What does the team look like? Yeah, well, our team is small. Like, I think many new organizations are working the best they can with small teams. So it's myself as the marketing manager. I work part time. We have an amazing full-time creative manager. His name is Ariel. So basically anything you see visual, that is her absolute magic. And she's also a really talented copywriter. So we're lucky to have her. And we have another staff person who is more administrative focused, but also provides some of that marketing and men support to me when we're running social media campaigns and just having somebody else available for Instagram story management and commenting and yeah, I would say more than management is what she's handling as I'm the creation. So there's three, but by no means three full-time. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so campaign director, right? Is that what you said? Creative manager. Creative manager. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ariel's more in charge of building the content, the visuals? The visuals, yeah. The visuals, specifically if we're talking about social media, we very much share a lot of what we do. So specific fundraising campaigns and I'm she'll take them entirely because as I said she's a really skilled copywriter so she has the ability to do both my design skills are not quite up to par so I do not have the ability to do both so we very much work in sync and just kind of pass things back and forth but yeah it's really magical to be able to have my words and strategy and direction Ariel can just see that and like bring it to life better than what my initial idea was I love that. Yeah. So a creative eye, because I am the same, 
Canva is my best friend. I am not a graphic designer by any means, but you kind of lead the strategy. And then there's somebody who works more on the management of the community and responding back to people. Would that be right? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Awesome. I love that. So with that kind of team of three, walk us through a social media content planning process. Like how do you come up with it? How do you take a platform specific approach? If you do like what channels do you focus on? Kind of give us your, okay guys, it's a new month. How do you kind of attack that together? Okay. So I would start with, it's a new year. (laughs) I would look at like October, November and be like, okay, what does the year upcoming look like? And a few things I'm looking for is our key fundraisers, our key campaigns. Move for Freedom is one of our biggest annual fundraising campaigns. So that's in August. So I would know, and it's a very like social media, you know, you have some campaigns that are more private donors or private relationships, or maybe small fundraising dinners that aren't going to dominate your social media presence if they mentioned on it at all. But a campaign like Move for Freedom is very social media focused. It's one of our biggest avenues. So I know that Move for Freedom is in August, so that's going to dominate July, August, maybe even a bit of June. So I start by looking at this calendar, blocking out those dates that can be moved, but they're set in stone. The next thing I would be looking at is key dates, like awareness dates in our industry or charitable space. So for us, that would be February 22nd is Human Trafficking Awareness Day in Canada. July 30th is World Day Against Trafficking in Persons, United Nations Day. So both of those days are important and they're natural dates that social media influencers, content creators are already rallying around. So we want to be a part of that conversation and make sure that we do that really well. So that would be the next thing. So it kind of trickles down by like the biggest rocks, if you will. And then you go to like the stones and the pebbles. So once we get down to that defines a lot of I might get to February and I go, well, February, the 22nd is Human Trafficking Awareness Day. So most of this month is leading up to that and kind of work backwards. And then I have a bunch of filler, not filler content that seems like it has a negative connotation, but I have like content that's not anchored to a specific date. So whether that's a feature on a supporter fundraiser, just a general donor, thank you. We do lots of local partner updates and stories from Nepal, Laos, and Cambodia. So those are then planned out about a month before as you started the conversation saying. So start with that big year in mind and we have to know where we're headed. I think the reason for that is we want to be aware of what's our key message that month. That's how I tend to think about it. Like if someone only gets one thing from our social media that whole month, what is our focus? And if we're trying to get them to have two or three things, it's just not going to work. You can mention two or three things, but being very clear as a team, like what is the number one priority that month for people to, to understand? I love that. That is such a great tactical nugget. If anybody takes one thing away so far from this conversation is what is one thing? Because there's so much noise, right? There's so much noise. Like, I love the fact that you're thinking about it, A, from a yearly standpoint. So you have your major fundraising, just to kind of like summarize what you said, you have your major fundraising tentpole events that you know you're going to have to have content leading up for and around. Then you have the what I kind of call is like social media holidays or awareness days. And so you want to make sure that you're present for those because that's when a ton of other people are going to be naturally talking about it. So to be responding to that and a part of the conversation. And then it's just additional resources and stories and impact moments and statistics that you're sharing about what's happening with your 
impact in your movement that you're creating. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. And I would say this goes along with like the first like tent poles as you called it as we have the refuge, which I know we're going to talk about next as well, is our monthly giving program. So our community of monthly givers. So we do two focus campaigns on the refuge. Of course, you can join the refuge anytime. Of course, we mention it every month. However, there are two key moments, usually spring and fall, when we're really, really focused on that. And there might be some sort of an incentive, like say the first month is matched. We've also done the first year of monthly donations is matched. So there's usually like a start. And if you come from an online course background, it's like a cart open, cart close is sort of how I'm thinking about it or designing it. So those would be twice a year as well. And then that first layer of planning and then going down from there. Let's just dive into the refuge. So I love monthly recurring giving programs. I'm a part of three. Awesome. And I really like them because I feel invested in the organization and the impact that I'm able to make. And by me committing monthly, I'm saying, I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in your mission. I believe you can do it. And so there's a long-term give back feeling there. So can you share, A, what the program is, and then also take us behind the scenes of how do you attract new recurring donors every month? And then maybe specifically around that spring and that fall time, how do you kind of ramp up? Yeah. So the Refuge, as I said, is Allied's dedicated community of monthly givers, people who are passionate about helping survivors find healing and opportunity. We like to say that our community is bold in generosity and unshakable in their desire to make a difference. So we have over 500 recurring donors, mainly across Canada. Canada is very much our focus. We do have donors in other countries, but the vast majority are Canadian. We have them in almost every province across Canada, which is really exciting to be able to have that, not just like a local representation, but right across our country is really awesome. And so when it comes to growing the refuge community, we started the refuge in November 2020, and we were founded September 2019. So it was about a year after Ally was founded. So launching it, I would say it was very much like a grassroots approach. We had donors over the last year, and some of them were, I've listened to other recurring giving podcasts, and it's like, yeah, we had a monthly option on the donation form, right? Like donate monthly instead of one time. Most forms by default give you that option. So we had some people that were donating monthly and like bless them, but like not for any like reason, you know, like they just click donate monthly. Well, I'm sure they have an intrinsic motivation and desire to help, but not for any marketing reason. We did not (laughs) deserve that in that sense. We weren't outwardly promoting and like, yeah, I totally get you. Yeah, not at all. And so we had all these one-time donors or donors that would, yeah, just make one-time gifts. And so our team really took a grassroots approach and just started talking about the refuge to everybody. I designed a bit of a pre-launch strategy, almost like a soft launch of a restaurant or like an exclusive feel to it. So we had a pre-launch page that was just very much oriented to like you're a friend of the ally team. And so on there was an explanation of what the refuge is, some of the benefits to joining and special invitation link to join before the actual bigger launch. So that was a fun way to get our team involved and kind of see those numbers like tick up before the launch. And I also think people like to be a part of something that's like a little bit exclusive and not just a general. Yeah, I love the little like business tactics that you play into there. Yeah, yeah. It's so smart. Yeah. And then we launched fully like late November 2020. And I believe we launched 
with a match, we have really, really generous, incredible donors that get excited about ideas like this that the marketing department has. And we thought, what if we had your first year of monthly giving matched? So if you sign up for $30 a month, that would be matched for the next 12 months. So you'd be $300. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I think, a really big motivation and a really cool, like splashy launch. And then since then, we grow the refuge through social media, through email marketing. I would say right now, our number one way to attract new donors is through social media because in-person events have been so limited throughout the pandemic. And we also have still have like a decent amount of restrictions here in Canada. And so those in-person events are challenging. We were able to do an in-person event in a very like controlled setting in December. And it was so, so successful and so wonderful to see how many people joined the refuge. So events is definitely where we're headed. I think it's so important to have that personal connection, but it's something we haven't been able to do a lot in the last couple of years. So to reach new people for the refuge, do you do any digital ad spend as well? We have not. We have some limitations with some of our backend systems and being able to actually track accurate conversion data. We can, of course, track traffic, but we struggle right. a bit on the systems and yeah, with some of the softwares we're using. So I've been hesitant to throw money or invest money into something where I'm like, I don't actually know. Like, I know they landed on this page, but I have no idea of knowing what that cost per click was or the conversion, like the ROI. Yeah, with the new iOS, this is like my jam. So I'm just going to riff for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Dependent upon, yeah, what your online donation platform is, they might have an integration with Facebook Pixels where you can add an event tag. So if you're running a conversion ad where it should pick it up. But with iOS, some people don't want to be tracked. Mm-hmm. So some of that data is not collected. So if you're running a campaign, you could do something called a UTM link. And you would know that that person came specifically from this Facebook campaign. Yes. Or... I'm not sure what happens after somebody donates to the refuge if there's like a thank you page they go to, but you could put a pixel tracking on that page so that you would know specifically like, okay, we know from this campaign, anybody who landed on this thank you page came from this specific ad. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely on my list to listen to. You know, I am all about the latest tech tools to help make your life easier. This episode is brought to you by Feather. Over 1,200 nonprofits of all shapes and sizes use Feather's digital marketing tools to increase engagement, boost online donations, promote events, recruit volunteers, and ultimately do more good. So if you're tight on time and looking for a solution that simplifies and automates your online donor journey, head to feather.co or click the link in the show notes to learn more. That's F-E-A-T-H-R dot C-O. Something else that I've been researching on how to get involved in your organization is the move for freedom, which you mentioned. So in 2021, kind of talking about event-ish, but individually where everybody can participate wherever they are. Correct. Yeah. You guys had over nearly 3,000 donors, 515 participants across Canada. So I love to be a part of things like this and when they get rallied. And I know it's a lot of work on the back end to put it together, but your visuals. So everybody, if you go to moveforfreedom.org, you'll be able to see it. Can you share a little bit more about like 
that program and how does social media play a part in getting people to sign up and register for that? Totally. So we had this idea. It was Randy's idea, our founder, in the spring of 2020. You know, often I've been to so many fall or winter fundraising galas and fundraising events for various nonprofits that we support. But again, in 2020 and still this past year, those things are not possible. It is not possible for us to do a more typical standard fundraising dinner. And so I was like, how do we do some sort of event that maybe has the same return, that really impressive results that can lead to so much impact and prevention and, and aftercare, but without gathering people together? Like, what can we do? And so we just had this idea, you know, you hear about runs, you hear about walks. That's not a new idea. I mean, really, even Move for Freedom is not, it's not like a groundbreaking idea. <laughs> the idea itself, you know, it's everything that comes around it. And of course, absolutely nothing without supporters really grabbing a hold of the vision. But the idea behind it is, let's have one day, participants can choose any way they want to move, like literally any way, paddleboarding, yoga, biking, running, walking, rock climbing for two hours. They create a fundraising page, set a fundraising goal, and leading up to the event, raise money by asking their friends and family and coworkers and classmates. And then together on this day, this year coming up, it's August 6th. So that's the date in my mind. It's been a Saturday in August. This will be the third year. So on that day, we're all moving together in spirit, but not in the same location. And so social media plays a huge role in that. I was thinking about it even in preparation for this podcast. Like without social media, you just you know that other people are doing this event because everybody's been telling you. But like social media is like, where people are that week and leading up to that week and the month leading up to that event day and on that event day, because so many people are sharing on stories. Like that's part of the excitement. Yeah. You see other people participating in it. So you feel part of the community and the solution. Totally. And without seeing other people's events, you're like, I know there are other people, but it's so, so exciting to be able to look through like the hashtag or what we're reposting on our stories and see all these different events, all these people, like even talking to the camera, I feel like unless you're in like the content marketing space or you need to do it professionally, a lot of people don't love like recording, talking to the camera Insta stories. And we have all these supporters that are doing that maybe for the first time coming online and saying like, Hey, I'm just starting my run. If you haven't heard about it, I've been raising money for this. And so just that sense of like watching videos. It's so, so cool. So that's a little bit about the event. I love that. So I did when it was in 2020 and I was doing like a movement. It was like a virtual 5K. Okay. And I remember I put a, <laughs> this like super rinky dink. What is it called when you have a running on the, on your back when you're running a marathon, a bib? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wrote what I was fundraising for <laughs> on awesome. my bib doing this 5K around Los Angeles when I lived there. And it was for Dress Umber, oh, some yeah. organization yeah. that you guys are probably very familiar with. And I went live on Facebook during my like warm up walk. And I put a link to my fundraising page yeah. in the post. And I said, This is what I'm doing. And I had my goal. And I raised all of my goal in my warm up walk. In your warm up walk. That's amazing. <laughs> because I just went live and I was able to respond to people and talk to them about why I was doing it and why it was important to me. And I was like, Just click the link. And then I would be able to get notified that they donated. And then I would, again, be able to say, thank you so much for donating and like respond to comments. And it was such a fun way. In the same vein, there were 
hundreds of other women doing this virtual yeah. 5K. Yeah. And you have purpose and meaning in doing it individually, but yeah. you feel so much stronger of a connection when you know that there's others surrounding you. So can you share a little bit with specifically this campaign? So from a peer-to-peer approach, on a social standpoint, like leading up to August, right? How far in advance do you start to talk about it? Yeah. So our team is like in the thick of it right now for this year, because I feel like we're starting even earlier this year than we did last year. But I'll tell you what we did last year. We open registration mid-May. So I guess that's three months in advance of the actual event day. Started talking about it one month before that on social. So first week of April saying registration's coming, move for freedom, save the date. Reminding old audience members and the new audience members like introducing move for freedom. I think it's always important to be aware of like who's existing and who's brand new and to not leave people out of the conversation that way, provide that background info. So then we launched in early May. And again, coming from an online course background, I see things through that business lens. So I just treated it like, well, registration is cart open in that sense. So how do we motivate people to actually take action? So the events in August, why would you sign up in May? Like, why not just think about it till like end of July? Like, what's the reason? True. (laughs) So I designed a calendar with a bunch of early bird prizes and different prize deadlines. So we had, say, two weeks after registration, it was everyone who had signed up by that point were entered in a draw to win like a Yeti cooler worth like four or $500. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we did things like that. And that gave us, I'm always looking for new like excuses or reasons to be able to contact, like to post on social media, to email rather than just like registration still open and repeating that for three months. Like why would someone take action now? And then at the next deadline, well, they haven't on this one. I mean, speaking like this, it's really, really important to none of this is personal, right? Like people have stuff going on in their lives. They're busy. So it's not like, why aren't these people taking action? You never know what's going on in someone's life and what their other things they're considering and their hearts are always good to want to be involved, but we just never know that. So if somebody missed the first deadline, it's like, well, how could we motivate them? Maybe this is a better time, but everyone still needs like a little bit of motivation. So I'll do another prize deadline. We included a free t-shirt with every sign up, similar to a virtual 5K or an actual 5K. I saw those shirts. Those are really cool. Yeah. They were really nice. Thanks. Yeah, they're they a really awesome product. And so, of course, we need a hard cutoff date for our printer. So then that was another very natural, like, sign up by this day if you want a t-shirt. And then we still had a ton of people sign up after that t-shirt date because that has to be six or seven weeks in advance. So we still had a lot of people sign up after that date and we're fine without a shirt or we had extras or whatever. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So having additional content ideas to excite and generate people to participate in something, right? So you're not just saying the same message repeatedly over and over and over again for months. (laughs) Absolutely. And we definitely do a lot of featuring. I love featuring supporters, past participants would be the language for Move for Freedom. So I love telling their stories of why did they get involved last year? What did they love about it? I show pictures of them, say what their activity was. We're trying to educate, we're trying to inspire, we're trying to explain. It's like informational, educational, inspirational. Those would be a lot of the content that we're varying throughout that. And that would be email and social. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. There's a beautiful video that you had done yeah. for 2021 campaign. That's also on their website. So again, can you list that website again? Yeah. Moveforfreedom.org. So yeah, if you go to that website, you'll be able to see the 2021. And I'm sure that's probably going to get updated 
yes. here shortly. Yes. So <laughs> I'm sure some, hopefully when this is published, there will definitely be an amazing website up there, but I'm hoping that video, go to our Instagram. <laughs> You'll find there it. There you go. There. <laughs> or go to Instagram and you can yeah. find it. That's right. That's yeah. right. So when it comes to social media, what do you think is, I guess, twofold, one of the most challenging mm -hmm. and also most exciting aspects of the work you get to do? Mm. I would say one of the most challenging is keeping our content fresh. As you mentioned earlier, there's so much noise in the social space. So I think I'm doing our best to produce content that supporters look forward to reading and content that like a new audience would find and then be intrigued to click over to our website and support and, and get involved in the refuge or move for freedom or other ways. So that feels challenging. I also think because social media is just one part of my role, personally, it's challenging to just find the time and capacity to stay on top of how fast it's changing. And just speaking very honestly, I don't stay on top of how fast, like I don't, because I think it's not really possible unless it's your full-time focus as a social media coordinator. <laughs> totally. It's always changing. Yeah. All the time. I mean, which then leans into, are there things that you test from time to time? I mean, with different platforms or with different content types? Yeah, we try our best. <laughs> I would say something just started testing was Instagram Reels, which probably like a year too late, but just started testing that a little bit. Not too late. <laughs> and looking at what kind of results are we getting? We did these more professionally produced participant features for Move for Freedom. So leading up to the event last year, we had six different videos professionally produced about 30 seconds, 45 seconds in length of like this team and them training and what they were excited about and join Move for Freedom and beautiful videos, but they didn't get as many views as like the reel I made on my phone. And so yeah. <laughs> we're just looking yeah. at doing more of that. We're a bit limited with labor hours, <laughs> but we definitely would be testing reels something I'm just started hopefully implementing in the next month or two is SMS marketing. Nice. That would be something that I'm testing currently. Love that. Okay. Very cool. Can you explain a little bit more about that SMS testing for new donors or how would you think about utilizing that in your organization? Mm -hmm. So I'm very much disclaimer, very much at like the beginning of this and just wrapping my head around it and only like a week or two into thinking about it and setting it all up. But I see it as a complement to the newsletters we already send out. And so we have newsletters segmentation. All I currently do is we have the Refuge newsletter, which is very much a story focused and appreciation focused. We don't ask people to donate through there. They already are our monthly givers. So right. that's sent out once a month. And that's part of like the benefit to being in the Refuge. And then we have a general newsletter that whether you've donated once for $50 or a bunch of times, or you've never donated, but you've signed up for updates, you get this general newsletter. So that's sent out once or twice a month. So I see SMS right now as I'm working through it in my brain as a complement to that newsletter. So perhaps once a month, some key moments like, hey, today is Human Trafficking Awareness Day. Here's a yeah. link to an image you can share on social, something like that. I also think the main motivator in signing up for SMS marketing this year was for Move for Freedom. So to think about having a specified participant list, because we have like a, a funnel or a drip campaign for participants in email marketing. Once they sign up, how do we actually take them? Like there's so many steps. Signing up is easy, but they haven't raised money. Maybe they don't know what they're going to do. 
Maybe they don't know. Right. Like, you need those reminders. There's so many steps. And so we have like a, I think a pretty beautiful and effective drip campaign, but it's still just a lot of information. And so we want to be able to provide those little reminders in a way that maybe some people are really overwhelmed by email, but they love text. So how can we vary that? So those are some of the ways I see us using it. I love SMS. I think that's a great idea. I mean, we're on our phones all the time. There's brands that I've given my phone number to, right? And every time it pops up, I'm like, brilliant. Yeah. It's so smart. I know. (laughs) And whenever it's like 30% off something and you're like, oh, okay. Great. I guess I'll go buy something. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's where we are. It's where Mm -hmm. we're on our phones all the time. So I'm so curious. I'll have to have you back on to talk about how that ended up rolling out and how the stats look. I did want to ask you when you mentioned drip campaign, within your emails, which is also very smart. What email platform do you use? We're in MailChimp. Okay. Do you guys like MailChimp? It integrates with our CRM the most effectively. My background, and I fell in love with ConvertKit. That is what I know the best. MailChimp is what integrates. So that's what we're using. Got it. Got it. Yeah. You're talking my language (laughs) from the entrepreneur world. Definitely know what ConvertKit is. I love that. So Speaking about some tools, what are your go-to social media management tools, Mm -hmm. content creation, et cetera? Yeah. So I use Planoly to plan out the month of Instagram posts. It's just something I've used for years and years. I hear lots of other names of ones around, but I kind of, if it's working, it's working. So I use that. Yeah. And we can schedule auto posts for a lot of our posts, which are really great. My creative manager, Ariel, uses Adobe Illustrator for all of her design stuff. We're currently hiring for a marketing coordinator role that will also be part-time. And so I think we might end up implementing Canva, as you mentioned, as another option for like Ariel just has very high competency and all, but creative suite. So that's of course what she's going to use. Don't be yeah, creative yeah. And then for reels recently, I've been using InShot app to edit. InShot app. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So for an organization that you guys are a couple of years in, You've worked out some kinks. There's a lot more things, obviously, that are getting worked on, (laughs) as always. No matter if you're two years in or 25, there's always things to change and tweak. What would be one piece of marketing advice for a nonprofit that's just getting started? I think I have two. The first would be investing in a quality promo video that shares your mission in a compelling way. I love that. I think it can set your organization apart in the space of like, not only is it super helpful to have your mission explained in a really clear, compelling way. It's also like we care about telling stories in a way that is engaging. We, I think it just like a business brings a professional brand, a professional presence. And I think that leads to donor trust and leads to momentum and excitement and people wanting to support. Yes. Goes alongside with that because you need it to create the video is defining the key language or messaging that you use to talk about what you do. Oh yes, girl. Yeah, <laughs> I think without it, your staff is so important. Mm-hmm, your staff and supporters will struggle to communicate your mission concisely, and then it's really hard for people to rally around a cause they don't understand or something that takes like six sentences to explain. So I think getting really clear on that, which sounds so easy, but takes more hours than you would ever believe and is so (laughs) painful. But once it is, and it's ever evolving, I was about to say once it's completed, it's never completed. You know, it's stages, it's phases, like you said, two years, 25 years in, you're still, there's always things to tweak. But once it's, you know, at least like 
good or concise. So you can use that for the next couple of years and it's constantly evolving and, and having that for as you grow, not to be too complicated, but different departments as well. How do we talk about fundraisers? How do we talk about move for freedom? We always start with a key messaging document for each product or event we have, so to speak. Yeah, super smart. And being able to share that across the board so that every single person is talking about it with the same language and tonality so they know who you're talking to persona-wise. I think that's so smart. So you said video and language. So relating to, I mean, maybe it's relating to both of those things, (laughs) but what do you think is the best thing for somebody to invest in right now? If you're listening to this in your organization, you're thinking, oh, we don't have a a video we love or our language is a little messy. I, I would say that. but that aside, just thinking about personally where I'm headed is more Instagram reels and mobile and video. So I think if you feel confident with like, okay, well, these key foundational pieces of marketing, like our organization has this, like what's next? That's all I can think about. That's what I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. More compelling storytelling components. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way that fits the platforms you're trying to pursue. That's great. Platform-specific content is what I preach all day long. What content is going to work best for Facebook is not going to be the same for Instagram and vice versa. So figuring out where you're going to focus and then what's the content that you should be investing in to make the most impact on that platform. So I want to dive into our last two sections. One is called We Must Know. So I have two questions for you. So we must know which social media platform are you most intrigued by right now? Hmm. I feel like this is going to be a non-interesting answer. Because we don't have a full-time social media coordinator, I work part-time, have all these other areas that we're focusing on and yeah. trying to grow. Right now, we're just concentrating on Instagram. And I really have not dived into any social besides Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I would say we put 95% of our social energy into Instagram because we just... We'd be dropping other things to test new platforms. No, I love that. I'm a big believer in a primary and a secondary and be the best that you can on two main platforms and that's it. Or one. And if you're seeing success there, then that's your answer. Okay, second question. We must know, and this could be you personally, who is like your must follow account? Is there somebody that you think is awesome that people should follow? Yeah, something I thought of if you've heard of New Story Charity, I'm really enjoying, they just started using Instagram Reels probably like four or five months ago. And so I'm really enjoying how they're putting them together. I mean, they don't have like a massive audience by any means. They're not seeing massive engagement on their Reels necessarily. But I think for that reason, for me personally, it feels like a must follow of like, okay, so how are you? Because I think something that holds nonprofits and myself back from using reels is like, this just feels like when you see how a standard user is using reels on Instagram, you think, how am I supposed to make that sound like my nonprofit's voice? Like that seems kind of ridiculous. It seems silly and like lighthearted. And this is not a lighthearted topic, right? I really struggled with that. And so I imagine they did as well behind the scenes. And so I enjoy seeing how they have started utilizing that in a way that does feel fun, but not light, not diminishing the importance of the work they do or the need for it. I've really enjoyed that. So if you're trying to learn about Instagram reels, and there's not a lot of content out there for how do I actually use them as a nonprofit, they would be one to watch, I think. And you can watch our reels. We have a couple. (laughs) Yes, go to Ally Global too. go follow them and see what they do. (laughs) I mean, I think it's all a testing game. News Story also does a great job with TikTok. They Mm, recently started 
playing with too. Mm. So similar, right? Instagram reels started because of TikTok. So same thing. And then lastly, I call this my ask and receive section. So this is a chance for you listeners. How can you help Jamie and LA Global is what's one thing that you would like to ask for help or support on? Yeah, I would say we are always looking for new ways to engage potential donors on social media. So new things you see in this space. I love looking at businesses and doing that work of, okay, how does this translate to like a charity audience? So even like a business or a brand or a clothing brand, anything where you're just thinking like, oh, that stands out. I love that. Love when people send stuff like that my way. I think that would be the main thing. Cool. So Jamie, somebody's like, I know something. I want to send you something awesome your way. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah. So you can email me. It's my name, Jamie at alliedglobal.org. J-M-I-E. You can also follow Ally on Instagram at Ally Global. And to learn more about The Refuge, our monthly giving community, or any of our other events, you can go to jointherefuge.com. It's the Refuge website. And then our website is allyglobal.org. Awesome. Perfect. Mm -hmm. One thing that we didn't get to chat about, but I saw it and it looks amazing, is the film. Yes. Mm -hmm. What is the title? 12,000. The 12,000. The 12,000. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I watched the trailer. Another thing that you guys can go to their website and click get involved. And then if you click on the 12,000, we need a whole separate conversation for that. But that's another call to action is I would say go watch that film, sign up to watch it. Because I think this has been such an incredible conversation and what you do so beautifully and what your team does so beautifully. So please send the message back to them is it's such beautiful storytelling that has such a true impact and purpose and exciting the end user to join you in this fight. So I'm so thankful for your time today and the work that you do. And please give a big high five to the team that surrounds you because you guys are killing it. Will do. Thank you so much, Dana. Appreciate you having us on and sharing about our mission. And yeah, I hope this is helpful for other nonprofits out there doing really awesome work too. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? (laughs) To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories and tag positive equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you. 